0: Well, it's nice to be with you this morning. If you don't know me, my name's Sheridan, and I've um, been back from India for a few more days now, which is great. It means I've got no excuses today. I, uh, I was blaming the jet lag last week, and um, I was informed by good people that as the day went on, my filter got worse and worse. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully there's none of that today. But uh, you know, we had, a, we had a great trip to India. It was three years since we'd been up there. And uh, because of COVID, of course, and um, that's a long time. They, they're used to us going up a couple of times a year. And uh, so three years was a long time and um, they're doing OK there. They're doing OK. Uh, the church has probably regressed a little bit. There's um, uh, two or three of the village churches that were um, operating, weren't operating this time around. And um, they've had to pull back a bit because there's a, a group of people in that area who are quite actively persecuting Christian churches. And so they're just working their way through that, but it's quite a challenge for them. Um, but it was great to be up there. And um, one of the young couples that we've been working with and, and just, just tracking over the last few years have uh, really starting to stand up in leadership, which is great, because Pastor surrender has been leading the church there for 27 years. He's 59 years old, and he tells me that Indians retire at 58 and um, he's, he's really wanting to, to just step out of uh, leading the church into a different role there. And, um, and the, the young couple that we've been working with are saying, yep, we're ready to take it on, which is fantastic. It's a real win. And I'm hoping, if everything all comes together well, I'm hoping actually to get them out here for the second part of this year so they can just see a different way. Not the right way necessarily, but a different way. And probably even more important than that is they are a younger couple and it will give us the opportunity for our younger people and people in general to connect with them, which will set it up really well for the next generation going forward, uh, which I'm I'm really excited about. So that's going to be great. But one of the things was really interesting, we got in the first meeting. Oh, um, Pastor Michael and Jillian are in Tuakau, if you're wondering where they are today. And Jan's over at North Campus at Rototuna. But um, God had been speaking to me. He's been speaking to me all year really clearly as I've prayed. And and probably for me, it's a, a slightly different direction. I'm not one that goes through life looking under every rock for a demon. There are demons under some rocks, but I don't go looking for them. But God's been speaking to me very, very clearly about the need of uh, lifting the the what we're doing in the area of deliverance in the church, speaking to me very, very clearly about the fact that there's a cap uh, that, that needs to be removed for people that's going to allow fullness of freedom to come. And and for that to take place, we actually need to get pretty comfortable in the area of deliverance. And so I've been praying about this, and you know, often when you, you talk about things like that... The, People react different ways. They either freak out. Oh, is that real, that stuff? Yeah, our, um, our, our fight is against powers and principalities, yeah. not against flesh and blood. Yes, it's real. Um, oh, but I've, I've seen that. You know, back in the 80s, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was. Um, and it doesn't need to look like that. But what I've really come to understand as I've studied and prayed and I've spent a lot of time just seeking God on it is um, I, I think deliverance for a Christian is a bit like a warrant of fitness in your car. Everyone needs a warrant of fitness. Because when a car goes through life, it just, you know, it picks up stuff. You, you hit a big pothole, you need a wheel alignment. That's right, eh? I can tell you're all freaking out right now. You hit a big, you hit a big it's all right. I'm not saying that every Christian's got a demon, but some of you might have. <laughs> Worse still, the ones online. Nah. Anyway, um... And, and it's just, it's kind of like, you know, you take your car in for a warrant and they go, your brake pads are shot, put new brake pads in. Well, when you go through life, you pick stuff up, you get knocked around, some doors open that probably shouldn't open and stuff happens to you and trauma happens and stuff. And you can pick up stuff that you don't need to be carrying, so why not be free of it? That's the deal. And I really believe God wants to set some people free. So anyway, we we get to, um, and, and actually I'm, um, I'm in contact, I'm going to get some... Um, well-known people to come and do some teaching around it for us that that are far more um, experienced in that area than me. Anyway, we're in India. We rock into our first meeting, pastor's meeting. They're sort of sitting there. One of them walks in and he's like, I've known this guy for quite a few years and he's normally a light, happy guy and he walks in and you could just sense the darkness and I'm like, oh dear. Anyway, he sits down in his chair I look across, eyeball him, and he starts twitching. I'm going, "Oh, I think I know what this is." And <laughs> next thing, we've just got, um, you know, a demonic manifestation happening in the middle of the meeting, which is quite exciting. And um, and, and and the good news is, he's set completely free. He was going—he's a great guy. He was going through some stuff, and he just it caused him to open some doors that he shouldn't have had open, and. And he was just being tormented by these spirits and he was set completely free why I tell you that story at the start of India is because pastor Michael just looks at me across at me and he goes I think this is a God set up Sheridan because i had just been telling him what God had been speaking to me about you know as we were traveling he asked so I told him and um and and that's the way our trip started and I thought wow isn't God good he says I'm going to teach you about this and then I'm just going to throw you right in the deep end for a few minutes and <laughs> And see what you do. And I actually really enjoyed the encounter. It was great. Um, so I did, funny enough. Um, you know, find, you find another self. When you just cruise through life, you cruise through life. But you find yourself in a battle for something. It just can bring out the best in you. And um, I liked that. So it was good. So India was great. Awesome. India was great. And, uh, and you know, we've been, we've been involved as a church now for 10 years. I've been going up there for 10 years. Um, Pastor Roger and Karen Carter. Handed on the responsibility of leading the uh, or walking with the the um, what are now activate churches in the Punjab, and um, and I think there's a really really significant future there. So if you feel a stirring in your heart about India, let it keep stirring. It's good. Pastor Kalyan Kumar, who is in Chennai, the other end of India, we have been we are his longest supporters as a church. We've been supporting him since 1994. That means 30 years next year. He's going to come out in June. We're his longest supporters. And um, and he's seen just... They're doing great work over there. And he's agreed to um, get involved with us in the Punjab to help us really push it forward and see churches planted in that area. So it's exciting, eh? Yes. That was your opportunity to say yes. 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 So look, we're looking at our values at the moment. That's our current series. And... It's harder if I ask you to tell me what they are because they're not written on the wall. (laughs) I probably could tell you what they were, but I always forget one when I'm trying to recite it. You know, it's four. It doesn't matter what order I say. So I wrote them down. So we've got big hearted. John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I love that. Courageous. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Why does God command that? It's not a trick question. Because we tend to go the other way. And we need to be encouraged to be strong and courageous. It takes effort. Purposed. Ephesians 2.10. I love this. We are God's masterpiece. Just look at yourself for a minute and go, yeah, not bad. (laughs) Not bad at all. You can do that. In this context, it's okay. Not bad at all. You are God's masterpiece. That's an amazing thought. Yeah. hey? You. You. You are God's masterpiece. Wow. Wow. Incredible. And he's got good things that he planned for you long ago. Belonging. We're all parts of the body of Christ. And, got, and there's important parts for us to do. And then, of course, His kingdom focused, which we are going to focus on for a little bit this morning. But our values describe a mature believer. That's... That's what they're supposed to do, okay? Don't get too caught up with them, other than that, that's what they describe. We're called to be mature believers, and they describe what a mature believer might look like in our society. Kingdom focused, I love it. In uh, Philippians 3, in verse 12 to 16, Paul writes, and I love the way he writes from the Passion. He says this, he goes, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. I love that because when I think of Paul, I think of the man. Yeah. We're talking Paul, the Apostle Paul, the man, like post-salvation. Didn't really, don't like his character too much beforehand, but post, like he is the man. There's no greater model in the Bible for us to, to um, look to or to aspire to. He is the man and he goes, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel good. <laughs> I go, thank you, Jesus. Me too. Me too. I know where I'm heading, but I just, I'm not there. I keep making mistakes. I don't quite get it like I think you want me to get it. And Paul's going, he's the same. That, you, you should be throwing your, some of you got hats, should be throwing your hats in the air. It's like, thank you, Jesus. This guy, this, this guy that we look up to is like in the same boat as us. But then he goes on and he says, but I run with passion yeah. into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. How do I find the purpose that God wants me to fulfill and, fulfil and discover? I run with passion. Yeah, great. I run with passion. Because if I'm running with passion... He can steer me where I need to go. But if I'm sitting on my butt doing nothing, you can turn the steering wheel all you like in the car. It's not going to turn if you're not moving. If the boat's tied up at the dock, it doesn't matter what you do, it's not going to turn. But if I'm running with passion, he can guide me into where I'm going. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have the same passion. Oh, no, I'm a mature Christian. It's time for me to be quiet. It's time for me to be dignified. It's time for me to just kind of cruise. It's time because I've been serving Jesus for a long time. That's not what the scripture says. It says I should be able to tell you're mature by your passion. uh, Wow. Not many mature Christians in the building. (laughs) Oh, was that? I can't blame jet lag this week. I I should be able to tell probably by what comes out your mouth whether you're a mature Christian or not. Wow, that's challenging. I find this a little challenging. A little challenging. This is Paul. I like the fact that he started by saying, I haven't quite made it yet. It gives me a bit of hope. It's good, eh? so So let all of us who are fully mature have the same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped it's A good word, gripped by these desires. God will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together to reach the victory prize, following one path with one passion. Wow. Amen. 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 Half of us agreed with that, didn't we? You know, you know, when we respond, I'm just changing gear because I can. When you say amen, do you know what you're saying? I'll tell you why. Because I know sometimes I say this and you go, oh, he's, he's on his hobby horse again. No, no. I, I, I'm, I'm, you either believe or you don't. Yeah? If you believe what the Bible says, you believe there is power of life and death in the tongue. And so when we say yes and amen, we're saying, so be it. What we're doing is we're aligning ourselves to the truth of God and we're binding ourselves, saying, God, have that in me. Yeah. I agree with you. Do that in me. Yeah. When I say yes and I say amen, see, I don't need you to say amen. My, my self-esteem's pretty intact. Whether you say amen or not, I'm going to be happy at the end because my measurement isn't whether you say amen. My measurement is whether I did what God asked me to do. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't care what you said, but, but... It's evident some days, eh? Uh, but 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 that my measurement is whether I was obedient to God or not. But but as we, we need we need to speak out for ourselves yeah. because it brings us in alignment with the promises and the truth of God and it's saying, Okay God, yes in other words I'm saying, Yes, God, I believe that I come into alignment with your word, do that in me. Outwork that in me so I really really encourage you that when the word of God's read or you hear something that you agree with the truth of God you go yes or amen because it just gives God license to work in our lives so what we're saying in this passage is to live a kingdom focused life is to live a really intentional life but to live a kingdom focused life it really helps if we get the kingdom of God and what it's about Because if we don't, it's difficult. Uh, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. He'll give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. That's the command, isn't it? Seek the kingdom of God and live righteously. As I ponder this, what does that look like? I think it's got to look like in some way, shape, or form, loving God and loving people. Because that's the command. Love God, love people. Somehow it's got to look like that, doesn't it? Seeking the kingdom with all my heart, seeking the kingdom above all else, has to look like firstly loving God and secondly loving people. But what is the kingdom of God? I think the best phrase I've ever heard For what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is wherever the rule and reign of Christ is. The kingdom of God is wherever the rule and reign of Christ is. That's why I have another hobby horse. And that's about believers versus disciples. Because I can believe in God I can believe in Jesus I can even believe in the word as the scriptures say the demons do but the rule and reign of Christ is not in me where the call to be a disciple means I'm giving my life to Jesus I'm becoming a disciple of Christ in other words my life is now in his hands I'm not saying it's perfect okay because just get rid of that none of us are perfect but I'm putting my life in his hands. And as I journey, I'll become a, a a mature disciple of Christ. A mature disciple of Christ is one where the rule and the reign of Christ is. Yeah, right. yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I have to be a disciple for that to happen. I've got to be more than a believer. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to be a disciple. So wherever the rule and reign of Christ is, which would mean that the kingdom of this world is wherever the rule and reign of Christ is not yet. That made sense? Okay, just not, just not this time if that made sense. Great, great. So, so wherever the rule and reign of Christ is, is the kingdom of God. So wherever the rule and reign of Christ is not, is the kingdom of this world. So that's why when I gave my life to Christ, as a disciple, I'm inviting him to work in me that the rule and the reign of Christ would take, be part of every part of my being. See, I can be a believer and I can, I can just not live the way that God intends us to live. And I'll tell you why that's so important in a minute. But I, can, I, cannot, intend, I cannot live the way he intended me to live as a disciple. But he called us to be and to make disciples, not believers. It was very clear. So, from the start, God's choice is people. Right from before creation, God's choice to move the kingdom along, to carry the kingdom, is people. We, you, me, we are, uh, if we choose our... If we embrace our invitation to be disciples of Christ, you and I are agents of the kingdom of God. We're ones who actually help spread the rule and the reign of Christ, which is an amazing thing. That means when you go to work or school or university or wherever you go tomorrow, uh, whether you like it or not, you're actually on assignment because you're a carrier of the kingdom of God and your job is to bring the rule and reign of Christ into that environment, which is an amazing thing. You can hate your job and still do that, you can be totally frustrated and still do that. Because that is your greater assignment, wherever you are. So in Genesis 1, uh then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals of the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God He created them, male and female He created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern over it. If we keep going in Genesis, unpacks that more. Fill the earth and govern over it. In other words, you're the agents of my kingdom. I want you to govern over the earth in a way which reflects the kingdom of God really well. Yeah. That was the assignment for people, but we broke it. We broke it. People broke it. We broke the ecosystem that God had designed because we chose our own desires and our own wisdom over his wisdom. In essence, we committed treason. It's what humanity did. But then the cross, Jesus comes. He dies on the cross. He's resurrected from the grave. In doing that, he pays the penalty for humanity's treason, And he issues an invitation that says, if you put your life in my hands, I will reestablish you as you were always supposed to be. I will reestablish you as agents of the kingdom. So when we give our lives to Jesus, we become disciples. He reinstates us as agents of the kingdom, which means we're called to live a kingdom focused life mm-hmm. which also means that you're in my life is actually really purposed whether you see it or not yeah. Yeah. Come on. because you're on assignment Come from on. the king of kings you know the risen Christ right hand of the father you're on assignment by him to bring kingdom environment into wherever he has placed you yeah. Very good. whenever he, that's a that's a pretty cool thing yeah. so Rather than being an imposition, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus, therefore I've got to, I suppose I better behave myself. And No, no, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to walk as an agent of the kingdom. Does that mean I'll get it right every day? No, it does not. Does it mean I'll make mistakes? Yes, it does. But it does also mean that I'll get up and go again and again and again. But what an incredible privilege it is to walk in the invitation of Christ as an agent of his kingdom. It's like being a not-so-secret secret agent wherever I go, wherever you go. It's like you're, you're waltzing in there, and it's like you've got the kingdom of God with you. Talk about a majority. You know, you might feel out of your depth, but you've got a majority. You walk in, and there's a demonic manifestation in India. You go, well, hang on a second, I've got the majority here. Just look around me. We need to be so intentional, but we've got to be consistent with it as well. Can't do it one day, not the next. Yeah, sure, you fall down some days, but you get up and go again and again and again. Be consistent in your getting up and try and eliminate the falling down. Good luck. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. I've done it pretty briefly there. I've just sort of skimmed over the top for you. But I hope that you can see that to be kingdom focused is more than just a good idea. It's more than just a word on the board. Do you know what it is? And sadly, this word's been really polluted. It's a mandate. It's a mandate from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He says, you're my disciple? Fantastic. I want you to live a kingdom-focused life because I need you to take the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of Christ everywhere that you go. That is your mission, should you choose to accept it. The word mandate means an official order or commission to do something. And that's what he's commissioned us to do. It's a wonderful thing. What a privilege it is to be a kingdom agent. Where it becomes difficulty is this whole believer disciple thing, is so many Christians want to try and get away with as much as we can and live as close to the line as we can. And it's not what we're called to do. Yeah. You know, sometimes I like that, that, that parable about the. Um, uh, the, the people that are working in the master's field, harvesting. And he goes out in the morning and he, and he gets some people and he puts them in the, the, hires them and he puts them in the harvest and he promises them a day wages and everything else and they work all day and gets some more, I think, three times during the day. And at the end of the day, there's a kerfuffle. The ones that have been in the field working all day go, hey, what's the deal? They, these ones that have been here an hour are getting the same wage as we got. But I think what we fail to read often when we read that story is the ones that he hired in the morning got to spend the whole day in the best boss in history's field. Now they had the privilege of working in the field of the master all day where the ones at the end got five minutes or an hour. They might have got the same reward but they only got to experience a little bit where the guys at the start of the day, I can imagine best boss in the world he probably laid morning tea on them for them. It's probably lunch. Probably had a green golf cart driving around, picking them up, taking them in out of the field. (laughs) Sometimes we just measure it wrong. We have the invitation to walk with God for all the days of our life. As a disciple of Jesus, as a carrier of his kingdom, the rule and reign of Christ. What an incredible privilege that is. I pray that we don't miss the greatest opportunity that's right in front of us. Right in front of us. Therefore, says in Philippians, God elevated him, Christ, to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.